सो वी आर डूइंग चैप्टर ट्वेल्व श्री सेंट घोड़प दैट इज राम दर्शन मै ऑबिशंस टू श्री गणेश टू श्री सरस्वती टू श्री गुरु महाराज टू द फैमिली डेटी टू सीता रामचंद्र माई मोस्ट हम्बल ओबिशंस आई बाव इन रेजरेंस टू द मोस्ट वेनरेबल गुरु गुरु श्री साईनाथ ग्लोरी बी टू यू ओ सदगुरु साईनाथ आई बाव माई हेड एट योर फीट इन ओबिशंस अनपर्टर्ब बाय पैशन एंड फॉर एवर सेल्फ एब्जॉर्ब्ड दैट यू आर हैव मर्सी ऑन मी हु हैज टेकन रेफ्यूज एट योर फीट ट्रूथ नॉलेज एंड जॉय इन कारनेट अ स्टोर ऑफ ब्लिसफुल हैप्पीनेस यू आर द सोर्स ऑफ कम्फर्ट एंड प्लेजर टू द सफरिंग्स ह्यूमैनिटी हु आर स्कॉच बाय द वर्ल्डली सॉरोज यूर टीचिंग ऑफ नॉन ड्यूएलिटी रिमूव द इल्यूजन ऑफ ड्यूएलिटी फ्रॉम द माइंड ऑफ इवन द मोस्ट स्लो वेटेड ऑफ पीपल मोस्ट फॉर्चुनेट इंडीड आर दोज हु हैव नॉट ओनली डिस्क्राइब यू एज ऑल परवेडिंग एंड एज एक्सपेंसिव एज द स्काय अबाउ वट हैव एक्चुअली एक्सपीरियंस दिस क्वालिटी दैट इज वाई द नेम ओवरियाड to protect the sadhus and to destroy the wicked this is the purpose of incarnations of god on this earth but stranger still is the case with these saints to them the sadhu and the wicked are both equal their hearts know not to differentiate between them as being one being great and the other mean both are same to them in fact the saints are in sense greater than gods themselves for moved by compassion and love for the meek and the poor they first set the unrighteous on the path of righteousness to the ocean of worldly life they are as a sage agatsi agatsi muni hmm? to the darkness of ignorance that they are the sun it is thus in them that god dwells in fact they are not different from god at all my sai is one among these and has appeared on this earth for the welfare of his devotees he is nyandev incarnate fixed in the grandeur and the light of kaivalya that is oneness of god with great compassion and love for all the living creatures he is yet totally without any attachment to all else but though he has affection for one and detachment for the other he looks upon all equally and without hostility without enmity or friendship reaching treating rich and the poor like such was this sai the great mahatma and now listen to the greatness and glory saints expend freely of their accumulated merit in the cause of their devotees to whom they are drawn by their loving devotion and no obstacle neither the hill nor the dale is too great for them to overcome when they rush to the rescue of their devotees the people who in their ignorance know not what spirituality is they are caught up in the attachment of their wife son wealth leave out these poor ignorant creatures even if god is merciful loving and tender to these ignorant guileless beings but those who turn their backs to god and move away from him burn in their own conceit a saint will be moved to compassion and will take the ignorant under his wings so that the faith may spring in them at once but vain is the arrogant pride of learning the foolish who consider themselves learned are puffed up with the empty pride and deride the path of devotion but not for us the company of these fools we want neither the revolt against the varnas nor yet an undue exaggerated pride in them we should not turn rigid adherents of the varnashram dharma nor to be pretentious learned pandits who deny the very authority of the vedas this is uh, in uh, reason with the that you do not say anything good nor bad to the people and those who are on the worldly path we are not supposed to try to bring them on to this because first and foremost they won't understand it is like think about it you are telling a vegetarian person to eat meat it's as bad as that 
the person is going to say i am a brahmin i don't eat meat you cannot force me so man in this planet earth who is so much lost in the material world doesn't find it right to come on to this path you will find that it becomes one of the most difficult things in the world because they are not there on that track itself so what is the point in even telling them you can't force a person to come can you so at such point in time you have to let it be but those who go to the sages who are greater than gods what happens to them is they take them under their shelter that is they take them under their wing and slowly and steadily they start moving them on the path of righteousness they talk about faith and so many other things those who have mastered the vedas and the vedangas are thereby intoxicated with pride in their learning it is they who have come in the way of devotion and have no hope of being saved an ignorant man will overcome the fear of worldly life on the strength of his faith but no one can solve the puzzle of the learned pundits by reposing faith in the saint the ignorance of the ignorant will be dispelled and the learned who pride themselves in their own learning will be spared numerous doubts and surmises giving rise to good thoughts and feelings in their heart but now listen to what a strange thing one came once came to pass out of sheer good fortune a rigid ritualist was thus destined to enjoy the rare good fortune of meeting sai his avowed purpose of the visit was quite different from what fate willed it to be as a result he gained by his visit to shirdi when he had the darshan of his own guru you must listen or listeners to the most interesting tale which brings out the greatness of the guru and he gives an actual experience of his love to the guru devotees once a rigid ritualistic agnihotri bhaman mule by name came from nasik the holy place of pilgrimage to shirdi by virtue of his accumulated past merits without a store of such merits no one can stay in shirdi not even for a moment however firm one's resolve to stay might be all machinations uh, failed before baba's wish one may well say i will go and stay there so long as i wish but it is not in the hands to do so for he is totally in the power of another many who have firmly resolved and were absolutely certain of succeeding gave up the effort ultimately in hope helplessness sai is a deity with his own indomitable will will before whom the conceit of others falls off together till such time as it is destined baba will not remember us nor even will his praise fall in our ears where then is the question of being inspired to take his darshan many have cherished the fond wish to go to the darshan of sai samar finally sai turned nirvana attained nirvana but such an opportunity never came their way there were others who kept on postponing their visit from time to time and their propensity for delaying itself came to the way of their visit ultimately they never made it to shirdi and baba too passed away postponing it from morrow to morrow in the end they missed the opportunity to meet him in person and regret it forever thus they lost the chance of having his darshan altogether it is the unfulfilled wish of all these people that will be satisfied by listening respectfully and with faith to the stories although it can be but a poor substitute but then even those who by their good fortune did go and were satiated by the darshan by his touch were they able to stay in shirdi with their hearts desire well it is baba who must permit by his own efforts alone none could go nor could one stay on however keen his desire one could stay only as baba commanded and return the moment he said go back the moment he said go back kaka mahajani once traveled from bombay to shirdi intending to stay there for a week and then come back preparations of the birth celebration of lord krishna would begin in advance 
The chavadi would be def- decorated beautifully. A cradle would be tied in front of Baba's seat amidst great rejoicing. Kaka had arrived at Shirdi a little early, intending to participate in the festivities of the joyous Gokulashtami celebration in person. But right at the beginning as he went for darshan, Baba said, So, when do you return home? On hearing this, Kaka was taken aback. Why this question the moment I met him, wondered Kaka. In fact, he was very keen on staying in Shirdi for eight days. But as Baba put the question, he himself prompted the expected answer of Kaka. The answer that Kaka gave was thus the most appropriate one. Whenever Baba gives me the command, I shall return home, he said. And even as this word came from Kaka's mouth, do go back tomorrow, Baba said. Obeying the command with great reverence, he made obeisance to Baba and left on the same day, although it was very special occasion of the Gokulashtami festival. But later when he reached home and went to this place of work, he saw his employer was anxiously waiting for his return. The Munim, the managing clerk, was suddenly taken ill and the employer was in urgent need of Kaka's help. In fact, he had already dispatched a letter to Shirdi calling Kaka back at once. But when the postman came inquiring about, about him, Kaka had already left Shirdi. The letter was taken, sent back and Kaka received it on reaching home. Running contrary to this, this is a short tale about how the devotees do not understand their own welfare, whereas Sai knows it clearly. Just listen to it. Once a renowned lawyer of Nasik, Bhav Sahib Dumar by name and one of Baba's loving devotees came to Shirdi just to have Baba's darshan. He had indeed intended to take a darshan quite quite quickly and make obeisance to Baba's feet and getting Baba's blessing and Udi to return at once. On his return journey, Dumar had to get down at Nifad where he had to attend a court case. Though such had been his plan, Baba knew what was right for him and what was not. So when he asked to leave, leave to return, Baba refused it to him. Moreover, Baba detained him for a week, refusing permission in no uncertain terms and the hearing of the court case was also delayed, the matter being adjourned thrice. Dumar was made to stay a few days over a week, while on the date set for the hearing, the judge too would become unwell. Never before had the judge suffered some such unbearing colic as he did in those days. With the result, the hearing was inevitably adjourned. As for Dumar, his time was put to the best possible use. For Dumar, it was a privilege for Sai's company, for his client, already from anxiety and worry. Everything came about so easily and effortlessly by just reposing full trust in Sai. Later at that right time, Dumara was granted leave to go and his work was accomplished satisfactorily. Such is the inscrutable Leela of Sai. The court case went on for four months, the matter passing through the hand of four different judges. But in the end, Dumar succeeded in getting an acquittal for his client. Now listen to the incident when Sai once took up the side of Mrs. Nimonkar, wife of the most excellent devotee Nana Sahib Nimonkar. A Vatandar of the name Nimon, the government had always also vested in his hand the power of an honorary magistrate. He was therefore very influential. Eldest among Madhura's cousin, he was very advanced in age and very highly respected. His wife was also a devout lady and Sai was the titular deity to them both. Leaving their Vatani village, they had both come to stay in Shirdi and pledging their trust in Sai, they spent their days in contentment. Long before sunrise, they would be up and would finish the early morning bath, puja, etc. Then they would come with unfailing regularity to the Chavdi to perform the Aarti at daybreak. Thereafter, Nana used to stay with Baba till sunset, busy in the services as he recited to himself his daily stotra. He would accompany Baba on his daily rounds to the Lendi, bringing him back to the mosque at the end. Very lovingly, he served Baba in whatever way he could. 
The lady would also serve Baba during the day with loving devotion, doing everything in her power to be of use. Only for having a bath, cooking the meals or sleeping at night would she repair to her lodgings. The rest of the time was spent by the devout couple in Baba's company morning, noon and evening. If the dedicated service of the two were to be narrated in detail, this book will far exceed its limit. Hence, I shall now narrate only what is relevant to the present context. The lady wanted to go to Belapur, where her son was slightly unwell. So after conferring with her husband, she made preparations to go thither. Later, she consulted Baba too and was her usual practice and when he gave his consent, she conveyed it to her husband. Everything was thus fixed on the visit to Belapur. But Nana then said that she must return the very next day. Of course, Nana has his return reasons for so saying. Can you just... And so he said to her, go, but return immediately. The wife had rather sad the wife was rather sad at heart on hearing this. The next day was the new moon of Pula, which she wanted to spend there. Nay, it was her ardent wish, but Nana would not agree. Moreover, it was the new moon and inauspicious for travel. The lady was greatly worried as to how the problem would be resolved. Unless she went to Belapur, her mind would not be at rest. Yet she did not want to hurt her husband's feeling. How then could she disobey his word? All the same, she made preparations for the journey as she was about to set out. She came to make obeisance to Baba when he was going to the landing. Whenever people were going on the journey, they bow in obeisance to the gods for safe journey. The same custom was followed in Shirdi too. And since Sai was their god in Shirdi, whatever may be their hurry and urgency, people always bowed at his feet before leaving. Accordingly, the lady bowed at Baba's feet as Baba stood for a moment in front of the Sathewada. All young and old, including Nana Sahib Nimonkar, who had come there for darshan, made obeisance to Baba. In front of all these people, and especially in presence of Nana, Baba spoke to the lady, words which were most befitting the occasion. As she lowered her head to the feet and asked for permission to leave, Go, go quickly, and let your mind be at rest. And having gone so far all the way, stay there for three, four days happily at Belapur. Meet everyone there and then come return to Shirdi. Baba's words, quite coming quite unexpectedly, brought great relief to relate, uh, satisfaction to the lady. Nimonkar also took the hint. Both were thus satisfied. In short, we make our plans, but we know not who, what has gone before or is to follow after. Only the saints know what is good or bad for us, for there is nothing that they do not know. Past, present and future is to them as clear as the myrobalum in the palm of the hand. It is follows that what that when devotees act in obedience to their command, they enjoy happiness and peace. And now I shall proceed to the narration of the main story to continue what had already been told to as to how Sai was gracious to Mule and give him the darshan of his own Guru. Mule had really come to meet Srimanta Bwapu Sahib Bhutti in Shirdi, wanting to return immediately thereafter. Although such has been his plan, Baba had another purpose of his visit. Listen carefully now to the miracle to the secret purpose. Mule met Srimant Bhutti as he had indeed intended. Thereafter, Bhutti and some others got up to go to the mosque, seeing which Mule also felt a desire to join them. So he set out with them. Now, Mule had not only studied the six Shastras deeply, but also proficient in astrology as well as chiromancy or palmistry. He was absolutely delighted on having Baba's darshan. The loving devotee made sincere offerings to Baba as a profusion of fruits and sweetmeats like peda, barfi, coconut, etc. Moreover, they came to the door, the farm women to sell guavas, banana, sugar cane, etc. When Baba so wished, he would buy these things spending money from his own pocket. 
he would spend his money to buy baskets of mangoes or call large quantities of bananas and distribute them to the devotees to his heart's content. Picking up the mangoes one by one, in his hand he would press and rub the fruit between his palms to soften it and then he would pass it to the devotees to suck the juice. Thus often, the mango had just to be put to the lips and all the juice would be sucked at once, as if from a dish filled with mango juice. The skin and the stone would then be thrown away. Most remarkable was his way with bananas. The devotee was given the sweet fleshy part of the food, fruit while Baba would eat only the skin. Oh, how marvelous was Baba's ways! And this fruit would be distributed to all his devotees by Baba with his own hands. While as for himself, only once in a while would he taste just one out of it all. According to his usual practice, Baba had brought basket full of bananas on the day and was distributing them at that time. Shastri Bua Mule was however quite astonished when he saw Baba's feet and had a great desire to read the lines, signs of good fortune etc. on his feet. Kaka Sahib Dikshit was nearby at that time. He picked up four bananas and placed them in Baba's hands. Somebody urged Baba, Baba this is Mule Shastri who resides in the holy city of Nashik and by great good fortune has come here to bow at your feet. Do give him that fruit as prasad. Entreaties or otherwise, unless Baba himself wished it, he would never give anything to anyone. So, what would they do? Moreover, Mule too did not want the bananas. He wanted Baba's hand to read the lines and he stretched out his own for it. Baba paid no attention but continued to distribute the prasad to all. Mule pleaded with Baba, not the fruit, but give me your hand. I can read the lines and the signs of it. But Baba would just not give him his hand. Still, Mule kept on forging his way ahead, stretching out his hand for Baba for palm reading. Baba continued to take no notice as if he was totally unaware of such a happening. And in fact, he just placed those four bananas on Mule's outstretched hands and asked him to sit down. But to give his hand in Mule's, he just refused. He whose body has been worn out in the service of God all his life, what had he to do with palmistry? Sai, the father and the mother of the good devotees, was filled with all his desires. Observing Baba's detached state, his utter disinterest in palmistry, Shastri Bua then restrained himself and gave up the attempt as hopeless. For a while, he sat in silence and then returned to the Vada with others. He took a bath and clad the Sovala and began his daily rituals of the Agnihotra. Baba here set out as usual to go to the lady and said, Let me take us with us today an ochre chalk. We will wear ochre colored clothes today. Everyone was surprised and wondered what Baba was going to do with an ochre chalk, while he would suddenly think of his ochre chalk on the previous particular day. Such cryptic style was characteristic of Baba. What could one make of it? but carefully stored it in our ears when one pondered over it, may, many interpretations can be found of it. Moreover, the words of a saint are never without meaning and are full of profound significance. Who can weigh their importance adequately? Carefully thought first and then the utterances, such is the usual practice of all these saints, and their utterances too are really translated into conduct directly afterwards. As per this established truth, word of the saint was never without meaning and when carefully examined, reveals deep significance. Baba then returned to the lady at once the kettle drums, horns, etc. began to resound. Bapu Sahib quickly suggested to Mule, It's time for the Aarti. Are you coming to the mosque? But Shastri Bua, with his rigid adherence to the rules of Sovala, felt all the awkwardness of his own situation. So he replied, I will take darshan later in the afternoon. Zog then began to make preparation for the Aarti. Baba had already come back and was sitting on a seat, talking to the people. The people offered their puja and now everything was ready for the Aarti to start. Suddenly Baba said, Go bring Dakshina from the Brahmin who has just arrived. At once Bapu Sahib Bhutti himself set out to ask for Dakshina. Mule had just finished his bath and was donning his sovla, was sitting in an asan with a calm and a steady mind. 
As he heard Baba's message, doubt at once assailed his mind. Why should I give Dakshana? I am a pure Agnihotra Brahmin. Baba may be a great saint, but I am not beholden to him in any way. Why does he ask from me Dakshana? His mind was divided. On the other hand, a saint like Sai is asking for Dakshana. A millionaire brings me the message. Mule had no doubt in his had doubt in his mind, and yet he took some Dakshana with him. There was one more doubt. How could he go to the mosque, leaving incomplete the ritual he had already begun? But he could not bring himself to say no to Baba. A doubting mind had no firmness of resolve, for his mind always wavers. It never decides one way or the other. His state is like a Trishanku. Trishanku, you know, he was suspended in the air. But then he made up his mind to go, entered the Sabamandap and stood at a distance. I am a Sovla, but the mosque is Ola. How can I go near Baba? So thinking, he showered flowers on Baba from the palms overclosing each other. But all this took place only from a distance. And lo, before his very eyes a miracle took place. Baba became invisible in his seat. Instead he saw his own revered Guru, Gholap. Everyone else saw only Sainath as usual, but for Mule's eyes it was Gholapnath, who had already taken Samadhi long ago. Mule was astonished beyond words, although the Guru had in fact taken Samadhi. Mule was amazed when he saw him in person in front of him. Fresh doubts arose in his mind. To think that all this was a dream, he was certainly not asleep. And yet if awake, how could the Guru be sitting before him in person? How was his mind so confused, so flustered? For a moment he was left speechless. To make sure, he pinched himself, saying, This cannot be all false. Why should I have needless doubts and suspicion? I am here not alone, but with all these others too. Mule was really a Ghorab devotee. And though he had doubts about Baba earlier, later on he became Baba's devotee with a pure unblemished mind. Himself a high-class Brahmin who had acquired proficiency in Vedas and Vedangas, the darshan of Guru Ghorab in the mosque had left him wonderstruck. He then went up the steps, bowed at the feet of his own Guru and stood as the lords of words with folded hands. And he saw his Ghorab Swami in ochre robes, in the ochre chatti of the sannyasis. Mule rushed forward at once and embraced his feet. The pride of his high varna fell off in an instant. The eyes were purified with the colirium of knowledge as he met his Guru. The light eternal and the soul was enriched with the treasure of knowledge. The proclivity to doubt and suspicion melted away. Love for Baba gushed out. With half-closed eyes, he stood gazing at Baba's feet. It was accumulated merit of several births that had come to fruition when he had Sai's darshan. As he bathed in the sacred water, that of Sai's feet, he felt that good fortune had smiled upon him. Uh, in, a, in a very similar incident, there was another story where the particular person wanted, he went to visit a sage. Now, I am not going to name any of those people, so <laughs> you will have, have to think about it. So what happened was, this person went with a very clear intention, not of meeting this person, but of, you know, just trying to test out whether the person is really worth it or no. As this person went over there, he was thinking in his mind about this other saint, about the one that is his, his guru. And suddenly it so happened that in his own front, in, in his own vision, he was able to see not only the merging of this guru into his own. That means, imagine it is like this. In your mind's eye, there is your own guru. 
and suddenly it so happens that that image suddenly goes off and instead the new image of this guru in front appears over there so that person asked after some time after everybody had finished and gone said i would like to ask you what is this that happened i mean what is it was it the truth or was it something that i was seeing as as a vision or as i was imagining things so the person said the exact words which his guru had told him saying that oh you are like this like this and the person was stunned beyond his own reckoning how could this person know what my guru had told me many years ago this way the gurus though they may be different different bodies all over the place but are actually the same it's one and the same divine consciousness which is working in them that is the reason why they can say these words all right so everybody wondered what had happened all of a sudden that after throwing flowers at baba from a distance how was he now actually lowering his head on baba's feet all the others were singing baba's aarti was mule proclaimed in loud tones gholap's name and sang his aarti at the top of his voice as he got more and more absorbed in the love of his guru the pride in the special purity and sacredness of his soul evaporated the rigidity about touching and not touching softened instead he prostrated himself before baba in obeisance as his eyes closed in blissful joy but as he got up and opened his eyes gholap swami had disappeared and is in his place he saw sai samarth asking for dakshana he saw baba the joy incarnate with his marvelous power the mind stood still in awe and wonder he forgot his earlier attitude towards baba having seen sai's wonderful leela he forgot hunger hunger thirst everything mule was in ecstasy to have his own guru's darshan his mind was satiated he prostrated before baba and tears of joy welled up as he bowed his head at baba's feet he offered whatever dakshina he had brought once again he lowered his head on baba's feet and his eyes filled up with tears of love the hair on his body stood on ends with rapturous delight a lump rose in his throat and the ashtabhas choked his heart as he said not only are all my doubts resolved but i have also met my guru all present there including mule himself was overcome by powerful emotions of love and awe at baba's unique leela it was only then after the actual experience that they understood the significance of the occur chop it was the same sai maharaj mule too was the same person how then did this transformation come about at this particular time was what they wondered at but who can comprehend baba's mysterious ways inscrutable indeed are his leelas equally wonderful was the experience of the mamladar who had keenly desirous of sai's darshan and set out for shirdi taking with him a doctor friend the doctor a brahmin was righteous man and a great devotee of shri ram he was scrupulous follower of the discipline of rites rituals vows etc as prescribed by the shastras sai baba was a muslim whereas his titular deity was shri ram hence he was already he had already warned his friends that he would not bow before baba in obeisance i cannot bring myself to make obeisance to the feet of a muslim and therefore i have the reservations about going to shirdi right from the beginning no one will press you to touch his feet no one will be obdurate on this point do not entertain any such ideas and make up your mind firmly to go never will baba say make obeisance to me when the mamlukdar gave his firm assurance the doctor had the inclination to go in deference to the friend's words he made up his mind firmly pushing aside all his doubts and set out to have baba's darshan and the wonder of wonders when he arrived in shirdi and went to the mosque of for darshan it was he himself who first prostrated before baba his friend stared in amazement 
So he asked him, how did you forget your own firm resolve? And how did you prostrate before a Muslim? And that too in my own pres my presence. It was then that the doctor narrated to him the marvel of experience. It was Sri Ram. He was dark blue, complexion whom I saw, and I at once bowed to the pure, beautiful, comely figure. See, it is he who is sitting on the seat. He it, he it is who is speaking to all. But even as he spoke these words in an instant, he began to see Sai's figure in the place of Sri Ram. At this, the doctor was all astonished. How can I call this a dream? How can he be a Muslim? No, indeed, he is a yogi and incarnation of God. The great saint Sokhamela was a mahar by caste. Rohidas was a cobbler. Sajan was a butcher who killed animals for livelihood. But who ever thinks of the caste of these saints? The saints incarnate in this world leaving their formless attributeless state only for the benefit of the world to free the devotees from the cycle of birth and death. And this Sai is the veritable Kalpadruma, the wish-fulfilling tree. The moment he is Sai, the, the next moment he becomes Ram, truly he has destroyed the illusion of my self-conceit by making me bow my head in obeisance. On the very next day he took a vow that he would not put his foot in the mosque unless Baba blessed him with his grace. And to this end he undertook a fast in Shirdi. Three days passed by. As the fourth day dawned, listened attentively to what happened. A friend of his who had settled down in Khandesh suddenly arrived in Shirdi for Sai's darshan. Meeting him after nine long years, his joy knew no bounds. At once the doctor too followed his friend to the mosque. He immediately made obeisance when he went. So Baba said, So doctor, did anyone come to call you? Then tell me first, why have you come? As he heard the pointed question, the doctor's heart was overcome with emotion. He remembered his own resolve and was filled with sadness and regret. But on that same day in the hour of midnight, Baba's grace descended on him as he tasted the sweetness of blissful happiness in his sleep. Later the doctor returned to his own village but continued to experience a state of perfect bliss for the next 15 days. His faith and devotion towards Sai grew steadily thereafter. Innumerable are such experiences of Sai which are once more marvelous than the other and will only announce the glory of this book. But I restrain myself from narrating them all for fear of lengthening the book. My listeners must first have been amazed on reading the main story of Mule that came in the beginning, but they must know its essence, the moral of the story. Whoever may be one's guru, one must rebose one's full, firm, full and firm trust in him. It should not be placed anywhere else. This is the real significance of the story, which should be firmly fixed in your minds. There seems no other purpose than this is the marvelous Leela of Baba. Whatever else others may draw from it, this is the true significance here. Far greater may be the fame of other Gurus, our Guru may have none of it. But full faith must be reposed only in one's Guru. This is the moral of the story. Whichever sacred text or Purana you search, in essence they are full of the same significance. But faith does not come easily unless one gets a direct proof of it, as in a particular experience. Without a steadfast faith, those who parade themselves as self-realized souls suffer all through their lives as we see clearly time and again. They are neither here nor there, are perpetually wrapped up in cares and worries, without having a moment's peace and rest, and yet they boast of being emancipated. Now the next chapter will be even more absorbing than this one. Sai's darshan takes over and over again, which brings the experience of joy unbound. I will narrate how this great devotee Bhimaji Patil was cured of tuberculosis, and how Baba confirmed the fate in Chandurkar through the vision. Such is the immense power of the mere darshan of Sai which frees us from all our sins and gives us in abundant measure highest pleasure of the world as those of the life hereafter. Just a merest glance of the great yogis can wash away the sins of the atheist, then what is what of the believers? 
the sins were destroyed more easily. He who has fixed his mind in the Brahma has directly experienced the revelations such as Mahatma. By the power of his merest glance will enable one to overcome the most insurmountable of sins. Such are Baba's incomprehensible Leelas. Baba has love for you. Hence all of you learned or ignorant, listen to his story with a pure heart. Where there is a tender loving devotion, where there is a fond attachment to Baba, there alone is a manifestation of a true yearning of love. There alone is to be seen a real joy in listening to his story. Hemar bows to Sai's feet, which alone are sure and true refuge of the faithful. To their power there is no limit. They are strong enough to destroy the fear of worldly life. We will beat all here in the 12th chapter. Sri Sai Samar Satcharitra called Sri Sant Ghola Ramadarshan as inspired by the saints and the virtuous and composed by the devotee Hemar Pant.